Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include reps and warrants, my interview with Ally Holmes, Glenn Brunker, on what's happening in the housing market and what to expect going into spring home buying season, and all quiet on the Western front when it comes to capital markets. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Vesta. Vesta is the new, modern loan origination system, which helps lenders reduce their costs to originate and improve their ability to integrate with new technologies in the ecosystem. Vesta automates as much of the work as possible and services the rest to people using exception-based processing. Vesta is configured entirely using no-code, so lenders can easily customize their business logic. Vesta integrates to any ecosystem player via open, cloud-native APIs to unlock automation and a differentiated borrower experience. To learn more, visit Vesta.com. Economists have their favorite indices to measure the health of the economy. GDP, if men are buying underwear, CPI, RV shipments, GDP, plastic surgery appointments, PCE, hemlines, etc., etc. Meanwhile, lenders are shifting the focus from things they can't change to things they can. Changing regional managers' comp plans to incorporate profits instead of volume. Or honing marketing systems now, not when rates drop further and opening up refi opportunities. Or shifting to paying less for a refi and putting the difference into a rate sheet pricing. Do you have a plan for when things get better? Much like you should have had a plan for when things got worse. The Federal Housing Finance Agency's 2024 scorecard for the government-sponsored enterprises included a new provision for representations and warranties. Explore opportunities to harmonize the enterprise's processes, supporting the single-family selling representations and warranties framework, including defect identification, remedies, and repurchase alternatives, the scorecard states. For today's interview, I want to welcome back to the show Ally Holmes' Glenn Brunker to talk about what's happening in the housing market and what to expect going into spring home buying season. He's president of Ally Home, responsible for leading the growth of the company's mortgage business. He has oversight of the direct originations and bulk acquisition businesses, as well as responsibility for the servicing platform. He also leads the secondary marketing and business line risk functions. As I was saying to you before we hit record on this, the hope springs eternal. And a lot of the sentiment in the mortgage industry is that the worst of what's been going on with the high rate environment and lack of volume is behind us. And hopefully it's on to greener pastures this year. And as you said, it's already February. I'm like, where's the year going? Holy smokes. Uh, But what are your expectations for the housing market this year? February is typically the start of spring home buying season. So we're here. What are you you, uh, expecting? Yeah, thank you, Robbie. You know, I 2024, we're actually quite bullish on, you know, we we think it's going to be much stronger than 2023. You know, Q1 will, you know, be the weakest of the four quarters. But that being said, we at Ally have already seen strongest application growth uh, in the month of January that, that we've seen since August of 2023. So it's typically a very slow month, January kicking in the new year. We're seeing some really strong momentum. And when it comes to this home buying season specifically, I guess what what would you say is different than 2023? I guess rates are uh they're actually around a similar level as last year, but do you think consumer expectations have shifted to where more, more people are willing to get off the sidelines? What what are you expecting over the next couple of months? 
at least. Uh, absolutely. You nailed it. You know, at the end of the day, both buyers and sellers have been locked up. You know, there's been a lot of pent up demand for both selling and buying. And that's going to be unleashed throughout this year based on the Fed rate cuts. You know, as at some point in time, inflation looks to be under control. Job market seems to be tightening. You know, you got 75 percent of Americans that have rates below four. So when we start to see the five handle on mortgage rates and we start to see potentially down to five and a half percent towards the end of the year, we're going to see individuals, again, being very comfortable getting back to their, you know, their their life's objectives and jumping back into the market. You know, I think there's some realization that sub 4% rates, you know, are no longer going to be viable. Those were, you know, pandemic originated. So getting back into the fives are going to give that individuals those comfort to re-engage and pursue their dreams. So especially also, though, you have individuals that have HELOCs, you know, at escalated rates, 8 9%. So when we start seeing 5% in front of that 30-year rate, they're going to be comfortable to sell, and that's going to start to create the inventory. And therefore, we're going to start to see some escalation of purchase and I think a very healthy housing market in 2024. It's crazy to think that the pandemic is four years ago at this point or four years ago in a month. Uh, there's been some talk about return to the office and obviously the pandemic shifted a lot of where people lived and capabilities. You and I are recording this meeting right now on Zoom. What's Allies take on work from home, working from the office, a blended approach where where you would like your employees to be? We embrace a hybrid strategy. And I think, you know, many companies are landing in that space. Uh, we recognize the value of flexibility, uh, the value of balance uh, between company and individual. And therefore, you know, we typically encourage three to four days in the office and one to two days of a little bit more you know, latitude uh, for the employee still engaged at home. And, and I think that's going to continue to to flush out uh, over the, the the next year, two years. But again, that's going to give some level of heightened flexibility to where you're located and, and, and the potential, if you're only traveling or commuting into the office three or four days a week versus five, you may be comfortable with a 45 or one hour, you know, commute. Uh, so that's going to give a little bit more geography flexibility and therefore potentially, again, unleashing more inventory at lower pricing and giving further strength and momentum to the spring purchase cycle. Man, I like how bullish you are. The uh, There's a lot of friends of mine that are like, hey, I want to buy a house, but rates are high. They're trying to time the market. And I've never been a proponent of timing the market. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I, I do not endorse timing the market. If, if you take a look at it, you know, there's so much sentiment and talk around Fed rate cuts. And, you know, when will that take place? And if you look at it, in, in my opinion, it doesn't make a difference whether they start cutting in March, May, June, or frankly, latter half of the year. Because what's most important is they've already stated that the heightening of rates is off the table. And they're now in a position of talking, of taking rates down at some point in time, most likely three cuts this year. So when you look at it, the, the general, we don't have the exact science here, but the general trajectory of rates over the next couple of years is going to be downward. And secondly, the general trajectory of home prices is going to be upward. You know, you look at the next two, three years, home prices are expected in aggregate expected to increase about three to four percent per year. So if rates are headed down, home prices are headed up, you might as well go ahead and buy 
buy with confidence, lock in that purchase price, start to build generational wealth. And uh, and then, it, you know, if rates continue to decline over the subsequent six months, year, two plus years, go ahead and take advantage of that and uh, and refinance. And finally, I want to talk about inventory. You alluded that if rates come back down to a five handle, a lot more people should be comfortable putting their homes on the market. Moving, we've seen builder activity increase a little bit, but it still trails historical averages since the 60s, 70s, 80s, which is odd to me. Uh, what are your thoughts on inventory and, and when we could see more of it come into the market? You know, I, obviously, I think that's, you nailed it, that, that's the primary trigger. Uh, inventory is still exceptionally thin. It's, you know, it's up about a month of, of inventory, say, you know, from 12 months ago, 18 months ago, but it's still historically at very, very low levels. And, you know, you're, you're, you're right that new home building is still up, you know, 15 plus percent uh, and continuing to escalate. Uh, the home builders are doing great, but it, it's still not meeting the demands of, of many home buyers out there. And thus, that's why we're seeing home prices continue to escalate. But so I, I again, I, I think that as soon as uh, the Fed starts to signal that they are now prepared to cut. I think there's going to be individuals that get a very strong level of confidence that are sitting in their home that have sub 4% rates. They're going to have the confidence to go out there and, and, and list their home and buy. You know, that's going to continue to, number one, build inventory, but obviously that's going to accelerate more purchasers in the market as well. So there's going to be an escalated balance of both sides, both sellers and buyers increasing. But that's going to continue to put pressure on home prices going up. But I do think throughout the year, you're going to see inventory levels start to escalate. escalate. People have put off their, their life's objectives for you know a year or two years, depending on the individuals you talk to, and they want to move on. And I think just the fact that they're going to start seeing 5% rates is going to give them the confidence to list, and that's going to start to escalate inventory levels. What are Ally Homes priorities in 2024 there's you know companies are looking at expanding product offerings companies are looking at increasing their digital process and efficiency and workflows companies are focused on service and the customer experience where is your head with with all this you know at, at the core uh, we are looking at some tangential product expansion uh without a doubt uh, but predominantly just as we did in 2023 we're leaning into escalating customer experience and providing a best-in-class digital experience. And I, and I believe we've done just that and we'll continue to lean into that. For example, you know, we're, we're, we placed on our Ally storefront, which is our website, uh, the opportunity to, you know, search uh, MLS uh, homes, uh, market homes and, and uh, Ally branded to kind of, you know, holistically wrap that, that whole upper funnel uh, home buying journey experience into one package. So we provide the, the opportunity to obtain the valuation of your home, search for homes, obtain a pre-approval, obtain a verified pre-approval, all that in the comfort of Ally's home storefront. So again, it's leaning into best-in-class digital experience. You know, with that comes strong brand, comes strong, strong trust of execution. And as long as individuals get what we expect to provide them in terms of transparency and great service, they're going to be very pleased as they go forward. So we're leaning into customer experience and providing best in class. Uh, uh, that's our objective. Very well put. I always enjoy talking to you, Glenn, and uh, looking forward to having you back on the show. Uh, yeah, likewise, Robbie. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. 
Even with all the selling in the bond markets last Friday, after January's payrolls data came in much stronger than expected, yields have merely moved back to where they had been for most of the year so far. Most security prices are determined by supply and demand, and yesterday witnessed a strong sale of 10-year treasuries at the record $42 billion 10-year treasury auction. But bonds barely budged. Sentiment was dominated by fears surrounding New York Community Bank. Do you remember when the spreads between treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities blew out last March, with the banks having to sell MBS? We may see that again with New York Community Bank possibly selling part or all of Flagstar's holdings. In news of interest to loan originators, Fannie Mae's home purchase sentiment index recorded another impressive gain for the second straight month, which posed the highest level since March 2022. Today's calendar kicked off with weekly jobless claims in at 218,000, about as expected, with 1.871 million continuing claims, evidence that the job market continues to be strong. Later today are wholesale inventories and sales for December, several treasury auctions that will be headlined by $25 billion of 30-year bonds, Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey, and remarks from Richmond Fed President Barkin. We begin the day with agency MBS prices about an eighth to a quarter worse than yesterday, the 10-year yielding 4.13, after closing yesterday at 4.15%, and the two-year at 4.44%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Mrs. Castronova comes to visit her son Anthony for dinner. He lives with a female roommate, Maria. During the course of the meal, his mother couldn't help but notice how lovely Anthony's roommate is. Throughout the evening, while watching the two interact, she started to wonder if there was more between Anthony and his roommate than met the eye. Reading his mom's thoughts, Anthony volunteered, I know what you must be thinking, but I assure you, Maria and I are just roommates. About a week later, Maria came to Anthony saying, Ever since your mother came to dinner, I've been unable to find the silver sugar bowl. You don't suppose she took it, do you? Well, I doubt it, but I'll email her just to be sure. So he sat down and wrote an email. Dear Mama, I'm not saying that you did take the sugar bowl from my house. I'm not saying that you did not take it. But the fact remains that it has been missing ever since you were here for dinner. Your loving son, Anthony. A few days later, Anthony received a response email from his mom. Dear son, I'm not saying that you do sleep with Maria. I'm not saying that you do not sleep with her. But the fact remains that if she was sleeping in her own bed, she would have found the sugar bowl by now. Your loving mama. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Vesta. Vesta is the new, modern loan origination system, which helps lenders reduce their costs to originate and improve their ability to integrate with new technologies in the ecosystem. Vesta automates as much of the work as possible and services the rest to people using exception-based processing. Vesta is configured entirely using no-code, so lenders can easily customize their business logic. Vesta integrates to any ecosystem player via open, cloud-native APIs to unlock automation and a differentiated borrower experience. To learn more, visit Vesta.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at RobChrisman.com. Visit RobChrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.